welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shall we all put our hands again for Jesus and give him the mightiest clap offering. If you are glad to be here this evening, let's all say thank you, Jesus. Let's say thank you, Holy Spirit. And thank you, Father. Shall we pray? Our eternal God of mercy, we thank you for this meeting. We thank you for your word that is about to come. Your presence, your power, your anointing, and the blessings the Lord you've prepared for us. Because we gather here not in our own names, but in the name of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. We come here through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord, you might receive us into your presence. Bless us with all your manifold blessings that none of us here or wherever they are, as they worship with us, shall live here the same as they came. Thank you, Lord, for hearing this, our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all be seated. This evening in our Bible study, we're going to look at something that occurs very often in the Bible but is easily ignored or um, not paid much attention to. It occurs very often in the Bible as we read the Bible, as we study the Bible, as we preach the word of God. But very often it's not preached, it's not taught and therefore it is ignored and that is something we call genealogy genealogy and this evening we are looking at the genealogy of abraham we're going to look at genealogy briefly in the context of the genealogy of abraham and when we say genealogy we mean family line lineage family line father to father to son to son to son to son family line genealogy and the title for this evening's bible study is the genealogy of abraham and for our scripture genealogy g-e-n-e-a-l-o 
G-Y, genealogy. And for our scripture, let's go to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, verses 10 to 32. Genesis 11, 10 to 32. And you see why many people don't read genealogies. You find it maybe uninteresting, as if there's no story in it. There's nothing to see in it. But there's a lot, a lot to see if you pay close attention to genealogies. And every time I read the Bible, we're going to look at a few genealogies tonight. You, you understand what I'm referring to. So the genealogy of Abraham, Genesis 11, 10 to 32. This is the genealogy of Shem. This is the genealogy of Shem. Shem was 100 years old and begot Arphaxad two years after the flood. After he begot Arphaxad, Shem lived 500 years and begot sons and daughters. Arphaxad lived 35 years and begot Salah. After he begot Salah, Arphaxad lived 403 years and begot sons and daughters. Salah lived 30 years and begot Eba. After he begot Eva, Salah lived 403 years and begot sons and daughters. Eba lived 34 years and begot Peleg. After he begot Peleg, Eba lived 430, 430 years and begot sons and daughters. Peleg lived 30 years and begot Reu. After he begot Reu, Peleg lived 209 years and begot sons and daughters. Reu lived 32 years and begot Serug. After he begot Serug, Reu lived 207 years and begot sons and daughters. Serug lived 30 years and begot Nahor. After he begot Nahor, Serug lived 200 years and begot sons and daughters. Nahor lived 29 years and begot Terah. After he begot Terah, Nahor lived 119 years and begot sons and daughters. Now, now Terah lived 70 years and begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in his native land, in heir of the Chaldeans. Then 
Abraham and Nahor took wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milka, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milka, and the father of Iska. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife. And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So, the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Praise the Lord. Can you slow down the fans a bit for me? They are too fast. Hallelujah. Genealogy simply means family line. Family line. And by definition, by definition, it is a written written or oral record. It's a record of the descendants of a person from an ancestor. I am very much aware that maybe most of us in this part of the world, in Africa, we don't keep a record of our, our genealogies uh, simply because we don't think it's important. I, for example, I only knew my parents. I, 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 I don't even know the, the names of my maternal parents, uh, my paternal parents. I just knew my father and my mother. They never talked about their parents. My mother hardly ever talked about her parents. So, as far as I know, my genealogy starts from my parents. <laughs> Praise the Lord. My family line starts from my parents down. But beloved, the reason why the Bible, you know, devotes so much space, so much scripture, talking about genealogies, is because genealogies, when you you, you, you take time to study the generational record of names. Even from Adam, we're going to look at that very soon, all the way to Jesus Christ, the mediator of the new perfect and final covenant. If you a believer, born again, and you are the Holy Spirit filling you, in fact, goose pimples come upon you. It's not something you think, you take as not interesting. You only want to read about David and Goliath. You only want to get the experience. The knowledges are, you know, names. This one, be God that, be God that, be God that. What is the importance of that? So many of us don't even read them. When we get there, we skip it. We, we move on. But when you Take your time and go through the names from father to son and so on and so forth. In fact, 
uh, it gives you the feeling, you get a feeling that you are going through the history of mankind, the history of man. And you count some names, you hit upon some names that ring a bell. You can say that those people God used, not all, many of them God used to bring us to the stage where we are now. Now, without them, without them, you and I will not be where we are now. And that message, very interesting and very inspiring. It's not just a list of names, but a list of important names whom God, people whom God used throughout history from the time of the creation until today to bring us to where we are now. And one thing that will immediately come to you as a believer is the Father now. It is your turn. It is your time. So, what is it that, where do you fit into God's plan? Where do you fit into this timeline? So that you can also leave something behind for others to, to go on with. You can also pass on the baton. And as you meditate on this, you begin to see why the Bible devotes so much time and detail. Detail. Each person's time and the years that is spent on this earth is carefully chronicled, carefully recorded. It is not for nothing. It is for a purpose. Therefore, as we look at the genealogy of Abraham today, we're also looking at the importance of genealogies in general. There are different types in which genealogies are recorded. Different ways in which genealogies are recorded in the Bible. But the most common or the commonest one of them all is what theologians describe as linear genealogy. Linear or deep. They go in a line. Family line. And they go in a sequence, one after the other, one name after the other, one name after the other. And there are other, when it comes to this, when it comes to genealogy church, there are other descending, coming down from the top, or ascending, going up from the last to the first from the last, or the last to the first. For example, we're going to look at the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, mediator of the new covenant, savior of the world. We're going to look at this genealogy as recorded by Matthew and by Luke. Matthew Matthew records the genealogy or the family line of Jesus in a descending manner from the first all the way to Jesus in a descending manner. 
Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 16. Today we're looking at genealogy, so bear with me. I have to go through them all. We look at all the names. And if you are um, with us anywhere on the face of the earth, maybe I may not pronounce all the names correctly because um, um, I'm not a, a Jew by nationality, let alone a Hebrew. So forgive me if I uh, don't pronounce one of the words properly. But Matthew chapter 1, beginning from verse one to, verses 1 to 16, the Bible says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Why would Matthew in going to write a gospel. God using Matthew to write down a gospel. The life and the ministry of Jesus begin with a genealogy. Genealogy. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The son of David. The son of Abraham. Because it's very important. Now, this is what Matthew put down. He said, Abraham, he begins with Abraham. He started from Abraham. He said, Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac because Jacob. We all know Abraham, you know Isaac, you know Jacob. So you can see the names as they go down. Isaac because Jacob, Jacob because Judah and his brothers. Judah because Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez because Hezron and Hezron because Ram. Ram because Aminadab. Aminadab because Nashon. And Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon we know very well. If you don't know Salmon, you know Salmon today. Why? Because Salmon is the man who married Rahab, the prostitute of Jericho. Salmon is the man, when they got to his turn, you can see that all these people played some very, very important roles. The names were not just names, but they lived a lifetime and they did something huge, something big for all of us. So as you go to the names, you begin to identify the work that these people did that has brought us to where we are now in Christ Jesus. And therefore, you begin to see yourself, so what about me? So now, Simon then begot Boaz. Boaz. By, by Rahab. <laughs> Rahab the prostitute. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed by Ruth. You know Ruth. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David the king. David the king. David the king begot Solomon. By her who had been the wife of Uriah. <laughs> Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Asa, King Asa, a very mighty man of, um, of faith. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham, Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. We all know King Hezekiah. So as you go through, it's like you are living through history. Hezekiah begot Manasseh. Manasseh begot Ammon. And Ammon begot Josiah. 
Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers, and by the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Shatiel. You know Shatiel. And Shatiel begot Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel begot Abiud. Abiud begot Eliakim. And Eliakim begot Azor. Azor begot Zadok. Zadok begot Akim. And Akim begot Eliud. Eliud begot Eliazar. Eliazar begot Mathan. And Mathan begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. So, verse 17, we have verse 17 says, So all the generations, now look at this, all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. Don't forget that. Abraham to David, 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. You see, God makes it very easy for you to remember. 14, 14. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are also 14 generations. Very easy. From Abraham, Abraham to David, 14 generations. David to Babylon, 14 generations. Babylon to Jesus, 14 generations. And that is very striking. Now, when we now turn to Luke's record of Jesus' genealogy, let's go to Luke chapter 3. Luke 3, verses 23 to 38. Luke chapter 3. 23 to 38. Luke's Gospel, chapter 3. 23 to 38. Now, Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. So now, Luke is looking at it from starting with Jesus. So, an ascending, going up genealogy. The son of Martha, the son of Levi, the son of Mary, the son of Jana, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Math, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Simei, the son of Joseph, son of Judah, the son of Joannas, the son of Resa, the son of Zerubbabel. Again, another important landmark, Zerubbabel, the son of Shetiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Gosam, Kosam, the son of Emodam, the son of Er, the son of Jose, the son of Eliezer, the son of Jorim, the son of Matat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonah, the son of Eliakim. The son of Melia, the son of Menan, the son of Matata, the son of Nathan, the son of David, son of David, the son of Jesse. So here we come to now, going up, we come to the same point, David and Jesse. The son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Simon, the son of Nashon. The son of Amidadab, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, 
Again, important landmark. The son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham. This is where, this is where Matthew started from. But, but Luke goes further. He goes past Abraham. And it's very interesting. So verse 34 said, The son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Serug, the son of Reu, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Selah, the son of Canaan, the son of Aphaxa, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech. Now look at verse 37 and 38. The son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Very interesting. Anytime I read this, I feel when I get to Adam and the son of God, as if God himself gave birth to Adam. But God simply created Adam and through him created all of us. So church, every time you get to genealogies, don't just turn the page. Take your time. The names may sound unfamiliar. Many of them difficult to pronounce. But you come across one of these mighty men and women uh, whom God used mightily a lot to bring us where we are. And the, the, the question that will hit you immediately that if genealogies were to be continued, because it stops at Jesus, and the Bible says that as many as believed in this thing, as many as believed believes in Jesus, as many as believes in Jesus, he gives them the right to become children of God. So, in as much as Adam is described by Luke as a child, the son of God, if you are a child of God, your parents may not even have been Christians. You may probably be the only Christian in your family. But remember that as a child of God, then a new line of genealogy starts with you. And that is a very heavy responsibility. It's a very huge burden that God expects to fulfill. So that one day when they are mentioning the names, they are going through the names and they get to Jesus, when they get to Jesus in heaven, they will not stop there. They will not stop there. But in your case, they will say, so far and so, in Jesus' name, through Jesus, the Son of God. And likewise, your children also, because it shouldn't stop with you. But your children, you have to make sure, you are duty-bound to make sure that your children also are named. Their names appear. I defined genealogy as a record of descendants, family line. So when the names are being mentioned in heaven, when your name comes, next after you, below you, your children. And your children, children. 
the thing is this you may not have lived you may not have lived here in this life to see all the generation that will come after you but I think it will be very very uh, fulfilling very very you know uh, exciting that when your name is mentioned there will be names after there will be no gaps there shall be no gaps but from you to that and this and that and that and that until now it will end at when the rapture took place that if you agree with me clap your hands for jesus And that is the importance of genealogies. So it must not be swept under the carpet. It must not be despised or taken for granted. In fact, um, biblical genealogies do not often, do not often always name all the members of the family line. If you watch carefully, biblical genealogies don't always mention the names of everyone. They say, oh, he has sons and daughters, but they single out only one person. He begot this, and after he begot that person, he had sons and daughters. Their names are not mentioned. The line continues along a certain line according to God's plan. You see, as if God is interested in only a few. And therefore, God makes sure that the genealogy is traced along the lives of those that he is interested in. And that appears to be the fact. Because if the man has sons and daughters, sons, plural, plenty of sons, plenty of daughters, and all those sons and daughters, but only one is singled out. Only one is highlighted. And his name is put in the book of life. And from him, others also are highlighted. All the others are ignored. Then, definitely, surely, God has a plan. There's a plan that God is following. And therefore, God has mapped out this plan, this line. All the others maybe are not significant. That is until Jesus came. Now, after Jesus, everyone that believes in him, your name appears in the book of life. You are, it's, not, it's not said of you that you have sons and daughters. No. Your name appears. That is the importance. Anytime I read about oh, your sons and daughters, who were they? They were, they were not, as if they were, they were not important. But after Jesus Everyone that believes in him becomes important. And that's the reason why in the Old Testament day, not everybody, not all members in the family line are mentioned. Because he, God, that time, had a selective function. God was following a plan. God was interested, determined that the Messiah should come. And therefore, God had a plan that he was pursuing to ensure that through this selective function, selecting some and what appears to be ignoring others, the purpose of God, divine purpose of God, shall come to pass. 
I don't think it is by accident. It is not by chance. It is not by lottery that you are a born-again Christian. Otherwise, then, everybody could be in the same way as we can all, you know, stake, stake the lottery or take chances. Everybody could do it. But the fact that you, especially you may be the, if you may be the only person in your family who have been selected, it's all by, not by chance. It is by divine appointment. The divine design. And when we go to the book of Romans 8, Romans 8, verses 29 and 30. Romans chapter 8. Verses 29 and 30. This is what the Bible has to say. Romans 8, 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he, that Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 29 again. Whom God foreknew, God knew beforehand. God knew before the person was born. He got predestined, programmed, programmed to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, if you watch the Old Testament genealogies, it is always the firstborn. After he begot this person, he has sons and daughters. Then this also had a firstborn, sons and daughters. So you look at all the firstborn that were being chosen. Referring to Jesus Christ, firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30 says, Moreover, whom he predestined, that's you and me. These he also called. If God had truly, genuinely called you, and you have responded genuinely to the call of God, then let it be known to you today if you didn't know it before that you were predestined, appointed unto this. These he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. Justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Glorified. It means that as a, as a Christian, yes, you are today is the 13th day of October in the year of our Lord 2023. But you see, your whole life from beginning to the end or from beginning to forever have been determined by God. Because he said that whom he justified, having justified you, he has also glorified you. Though you are not dead yet, you are glorified. You know, I see people, when they are putting up a funeral notes, they say, call to glory. I've been called to glory already. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is, not when I it is not when I die that I'm glorified. <laughs> I have been glorified. And you as a Christian is also glorified. You just continue the glorification when you live this life. You continue with the glory with Jesus Christ. It is, it is not being called to glory when you die. After, who calls a dead person? The dead are not called. The dead are left to, to bury their dead. Hello? So, whom he justified, this he also glorified. Church, as you sit here today, whoever you are, as a Christian, 
you have been glorified. Clap your two hands for Jesus. And then Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, 5 and 11. Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5 and 11. Ephesians 5, sorry, Ephesians 1, 5 and 11. It said, having predestined, Ephesians 1, 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, according to his own pleasure, according to his own will, we have been predestined as sons. So as a son, it's like, it's like you, Amma, the son of Jesus. A queer, the daughter of Jesus. So the genealogy must continue. Amen. Amen. Verse 11. In him also, we have obtained an inheritance. In him, in Christ also, we have obtained an inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things. According to the counsel of of his world. Hello? Now, deep or linear genealogies, like I said before, serve to establish a continuity. They serve to, to blot the gaps. You see, the Bible doesn't say, oh, Abraham, from Abraham uh, then to, to, to David. No. There'll be a, there'll be a huge, there'll be centuries, hundreds of years of gap. So, genealogy serves to provide a continuity from Shem to this, that, that, until God to Abraham. So that no space, no time was left unfilled. Even though many of those who are mentioned, their lives were not actually, you know, um, highlighted. We're not giving the details in the narrative. So, they serve to establish a continuity through the periods not covered by the biblical narratives. For example, let's go to Ruth chapter 4. Ruth chapter 4. Ruth 4, 18 to 22. Ruth chapter 4, 18 to 22. Ruth comes before fair Samuel after Judges. Ruth chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. Now, this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Aminadab. Aminada begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. It's a very short piece of the entire genealogy that is written in the book of... of so that, you know, the emphasis here was to, you know, was to David, David. It was the end of the day, but they started from um, Perez. 
so that no gap will be left between Perez and David. So no gap will be left. And that's how we get to know about Obed, Boaz. We know their stories. <laughs> now, one other purpose or thing that we learn from genealogies, a linear genealogy, is that they divide history. Genealogy divide history into orderly periods and demonstrate that history is governed and ordered according to God's divine plan. Like I said before, when you look at genealogy, family line, which we don't have enough, if I ask many of you uh, who was your great-grandmother or father, you don't even know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, but I'm determined that after me, my children will keep a book of genealogies. Starting from Jesus. Jesus. And they say, oh, Reverend Dr. V.C. Wilbert, the son of, uh, son of Jesus. Praise the Lord. And, and then it should, it should continue until Christ comes again. And that will ensure that, that all those who come after me shall be believers. And those who don't believe in Jesus they say, oh, they should write, have sons and daughters. That is all. They, 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 that is all. They, their names should not be mentioned. My descendants, those who, who will not accept Jesus, uh, they should just write, oh, and so and so have sons and daughters. But this one, the name must be there. Praise the Lord. You see, so, uh, they serve to show that God, God was in control. Because he, here we have Adam, the son of God. Adam. God knew Adam, Eve. And then on and on and on. After Adam, then we had um, 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 all the others who came and the story, when, the, when they got to their name, their, their story stopped there. And there was some, something said about them at that time. Something said about them. One of them was taken by God because he walked with God. How they mentioned the names when they got to him, they said, oh, he didn't die. He walked with God, so God took him. God knew what was going to happen. Then on and on and on and on. Then he came to Noah. Noah. Then the story ended with Noah. Or stopped at Noah. And how God asked him to build the ark. And for 100 years, he was constructing an ark to save himself and his family. And then through him, eight, only eight people were saved. From which God again began to populate the earth. Noah. And Noah had three, three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then Shem, Shem's line continued continued all the way to Abraham. And when it got to Abraham, then they stopped. The, the story stopped there. So you can see that God knowing what he wanted to do. God, God couldn't have done it all in one generation. He, I mean, it should, if if from, from Adam, then after Adam, uh, Enoch. Then Enoch, then uh, Noah, then Abraham, then David. Ah, 
then that means that the, the time will, it will have, time the world will have ended long ago. Your turn wouldn't have come. Praise the Lord. Your turn wouldn't have come. But God knowing that, you know, creation was waiting for you, heaven was waiting for you, took his time, allowed many, filled in the gaps, all the gaps. So when it gets your turn, then you also be born according to predestination. For God knew you for knowledge and predestination. So you can see that genealogy shows us that God was in control of history. History was being governed and ordered according to God's divine plan. In conclusion, in conclusion, when we go back to our text, Genesis 11 again, we look at Abraham again. Genesis 11, this time 27-32. Genesis 11, 27, the last part of our text. 27.32. This is the genealogy of Terah. Genesis uh, chapter 11.27. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abraham or Abraham. Nahor and Haran. Haran begot Lot. We don't, we don't know whether Haran took a wife. Haran just gave birth to Lot. Three boys, three men. Abraham Nahor and Haran. Three boys. And Haran gave birth to Lot. And Haran died. All we know about Haran is that he just gave birth to Lot and then died. Hello? It would be sad if all God knows how you were just born and then you died. <laughs> you were just born. You gave birth to lots, not Lot, but lots of children and then died. That is all. That is all. Your CV. Your CV in heaven. You were born, you gave birth to not lot, but lots of children and then died. Haran even died before his father died. He died before his father. In, 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 you know, in the life of his father. So, Haran died. Verse 28. Before, before his father. Terah in his native land heir of the Chaldeans. So Haran again, so Haran is gone. Now look at this. Of the three boys, Haran, only two know that he gave birth to Lot. Gone. So now we are left with Abraham and Nahor. Then Abraham and Nahor took wives. Okay, they both took wives. They both took wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai. The name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, Father of different Haran, daughter of Melchior, and the father of Iscar. Now look at this. Bible says, but Sarai was barren. She had no child. She had no child. That's a very bad beginning. I mean, if they're writing in your genealogy, the story, or they, they begin by saying that you had no child, you were barren. That sounds very, very bad, doesn't it? Even Haran had one child, Lot, and then died. But here is Sarah who was alive and was barren. And she had no child. Now, verse 31. And Terah, their father, took his son, Abraham. Now, Abraham is a son. <laughs> and I said, hey, so Abraham too was somebody's son. And Terah took his son, Abraham, and his grandson, Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarah, 
and his son Abraham's wife. His son Abraham's wife. And they went out with them from Ere of the Chaldean to go to a land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So now, you can see another story is narrowing. Hello? The narrative is narrowing down. First, Haran dies before even his father died. After giving birth to Lot. And then Abraham and Nahor, two brothers, they both took wives. And obviously, Nahor's wife started producing like a, like a, like a, a, a rabbit, you know, rabbit. Every year, two children. He had no problem. But Abraham and his wife, no, no children. Sarah was barren. So now, Terah, their father, leaves. Somehow he leaves Nahor behind. Leaves him behind. Then he takes Abraham, Abraham, and his son-in-law, Lot, sorry, his grandson, Lot, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, Terah. He took them, and they left, they left heir of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they got to Haran, they stopped there. So now we have Terah. The story has now narrowed down in the same way as it had narrowed down to you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Justina, you know, the story has narrowed down to you. You think of all your ancestors who were, uh, where do you come from? Where? Elmina. Think of uh, Elmina. Think of all those people running around the beach. You see? Now, the story, now it has come down to you. So now, Tara took, took Abram and his wife Sarai and grandson Lot. They left El the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they got to Haran, they stopped there. Just how many of them? Uh, three or four? Uh, Terah, Abram, Sarah, four of them. And then while they were there, at the age of 205, Terah, their father, dies. Terah died. 205 years, he died. So now, Abraham is the one who is left. In the genealogy that we're talking about, only Abraham is left. Sarai is a wife. Lot is his nephew. Only Abraham is left. Just like the same way as you are the only one left. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I think of my family, where I come from, where I was born, my paternal and maternal side, and I said, ah, Anka Minsu Mika Hubiana. Anka Minsu Mika Hubiana. You know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a miracle. So now, as if God knew, God knew what he was about to do with Abraham. Abraham. So now we are down to Abraham and his wife Sarai, who was barren. Not a very good story. All your brothers, Haran, dead. Your father is dead. Nahor has been left behind, and you are here with your wife in a strange land, Haran, who cannot have children. And you are saddled with your, your, your nephew, Lot. Very, very bleak future. But God knew what he was going to do. God knew what you're about to do with Abraham. In the same way, church, looking at yourself and your situation, 
if you look at your situation alone, you may think that, oh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think uh, I can make it. I don't think God even knows me. I don't think uh, anything good can come out of me. When I look at all my brothers and sisters, my parents and so on, what they went through, oh, I'm also going to do the same way. But child, no, sir, no, madam. Once you are, as long as you are a believer, it doesn't matter. Don't look at your ancestry. Many of them were simply sons and daughters. But you are just, you are a child of God. And God's eyes are upon you. The Bible said that the eyes of the Lord are upon those who fear him. Those who are his children. And his ears are open to their prayers. His ears are open to their prayers. So, you are actually a royal priesthood. God's own special people. God's own special people. You are not an ordinary person. You are a very prominent and recorded member of the genealogy that will one day be read out in heaven, in the book of life. And therefore, don't be like Esau, whom the Bible describes as, as a fornicator and, um, um, and other names. Because he sold his birthright because of food. Because of food. Don't be like Esau. The Bible calls him profane and a fornicator who sold his birthright. Something that God would have worked out for him sold him for food. Then the time came when I, it was time for him to inherit it. And he couldn't. Therefore, Isaac didn't even touch his food. Isaac even refused to eat his food. Have you only one prayer, only one blessing? Isaac said, yes. Only one. And your brother has taken it. So don't be like you saw. Value what you have. That your name is in the genealogy. Anytime I see genealogies, I take my time and read them. I don't know that the name sounds strange. You know, but I read them and I note them carefully. And I say, well, Jesus. They all talk about Jesus. Now, Jesus has made me a child of God. So, what is expected of me? I too must continue the genealogy with Jesus as my father. I I, his son, and my children must follow. Praise the Lord. Clap your two hands for Jesus. This is the genealogy of Abraham. And by this Bible study, we are setting the stage to look at what began to do with it, what God began to do with Abraham. It's interesting. What God began to do with Abraham, who now, where we are now, Abraham, here's Abraham in a foreign land, in Haran, his wife Sarai, barren, saddled with a, a nephew, Lot, father dead, brother Haran dead, Nahor, stay back in, in the Chaldeans. Very, very unfavorable picture. Future looked hopeless. And that's why when Abraham, despite all he believed God, <laughs> when he believed God, God accounted to him as righteousness. In spite of all this, he just believed the word of God. He just believed the word of God. Became the father of faith. Amen. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. 
the genealogy of Abraham. Anybody has any question about your genealogy? <laughs> How many of you here know even who your grandparents, you, maybe your grandparents, but you all know your parents, don't you? You all know your parents. What about your grandparents? You know your grandparents. What are your great-grandparents? You know your great-grandparents. Is it record? Are you sure? In Ghana here? Great-grandparents? I don't even know my grandparents. How can you know your great-grandparents? Can you know their names and at what age they died and where they lived? Like, how old they were when they died? Hello? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Only one day I saw something somewhere. My mother's uh, father. I said, hey, I look at this. My mother's father from Kumi was called Basua. I said, I asked my, I asked my mother, hey, was your father called Basua? I said, I you. <laughs> she didn't remember. Any question or contribution? I saw somewhere, somewhere, yo. Uh, my mother's father was called Basua. And I was interested. I said, you know, who have had Basua? I said, Basua, I said, any question? Are you blessed tonight? This is a part of the scripture when we get there, most people just ignore. Oh, just turn the page or they just go on. And names are strange. It's just a, a record of names. But if you just take your time and go through, uh, not long after you start, you... you, you you begin to go, you see the names of people that God has actually used along that line. Linear genealogy. All the others were not until it came to Jesus. Then when it came to Jesus, then everybody who believed in him comes into the picture. It's, not, it's no longer just one line, but as many as believe in him. And this is something you cannot, you cannot ignore. You cannot let this opportunity pass you by. One day you will regret it and you say, ah, why didn't I know this before? Why didn't I recognize it? Any question? So can I, can I, ask, can I, if you have, can I ask you my question then? Can I ask my question? I mean, when I ask, I'll point you out. I don't leave you to I'll just tell you answer that question. So if you ask, I will ask and then and then point at you. Who can who can recite by heart right now from Shem to Abraham? <laughs> Without looking at your Bible just now. <laughs> For five thousand CDs. <laughs> I know, the work, I, know that, I know that my money is safe. That's why I'm... <laughs> From Shem to Abraham. <laughs> just close the Bible and just... I'll be looking at mine and you'll be telling me. <laughs> and when you get to Abraham, by the time... 5,000, straight away you get it. Here. And now. Praise the Lord. Genealogies. But... The significance why why it all has Jesus as the pivotal person. Jesus. Matthew started from Shem, finished with Jesus. Luke started from Jesus, 
and they went all the way up to Adam, the son of God. Interesting. Son of God. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mine is not a question, it's sort of contribution. Go ahead. So, after reading this genealogy tonight, I now understand because sometimes, even in our present days, I look at families, siblings, and it's like only one, two are singled out. And I didn't understand because sometimes maybe five, four siblings and you can see that only one is actually devoted to the things of God. But I didn't understand after reading this genealogy tonight, I now understand the reason why. Because it's God's own plan. Thank you. Amen. Let's clap our hands for Jesus. That's a good contribution because this is something that she never understood, but now she has a better understanding of why there can be as many as so many siblings. At one, two, three, four, few of them are saved. The rest are just sons and daughters. <laughs> they, they are unnamed personalities. They don't even have names because their names are not in the book of life. So God doesn't bother with their names, sons and daughters. But your name is the book of life. Any other question or contribution? So my question is still, there anybody who can tell me from Shem to Abraham? Recite it by heart. 5,000 CDs. Okay, let me read you 50,000. <laughs> 50,000 CDs. That's, not, that's a lot of money. Praise the Lord. Let's all be on our feet then. Yeshua, yeah, yeah. Onya, minima. O, de umoja. Na, ato, yeah. Yako, to, na, yes, sorry, Oh, 
Let me begin to thank God. Thank God for His word. Thank God for His presence. Thank God for His blessings. Thank God for all that is prepared for us in this meeting. Lift up your voice and thank Thank Him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this meeting. Lord, we thank you for this meeting. We thank you for your word. Established in heaven. We are still thanking God this time that He has made you a child of God. So, wherever you are, anywhere in the world, and you are watching us now or later on on social media, pray this prayer with us. Thanking God for making you His child, His son, His daughter. For making you part of the genealogy that one day will be read out in heaven. Your name shall be mentioned. Your name shall be called. And in the presence of all the saints and the angels, in the presence of God himself, begin to thank God for that. Thank you. Father Lord, we thank you so Thank you for that grace. Thank you for his mercy. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We are the children in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, we have become your children. We Gentiles. Gentiles who did not know God. Now we have adopted our sons. Children of God. That and we have an inheritance, inheritance, I want to pray for our children, our children's children, and our children's children's children, till Christ will come again and end it all. And now we are praying that the genealogy that God has begun with you in Christ Jesus will continue. Your children shall grow up to know God. Their children likewise. And so on and so forth. Until 
the rapture comes. So one day, when you stand up in heaven, though you may not have met, they may not have met you, you will see your lineage. Adam will see all those who came after him and to Christ Jesus. Then Adam will understand what it meant, what the meaning of when God clothed them with animal skin. When they sowed fig leaves and God took the fig leaves and threw it away and God had to do the first blood sacrifice, first blood and sowed animal skin and covered them. Adam will know. You shall also know that the day you accepted Jesus, that is what you did, not only for yourself, but all your family line that came after you. Begin to pray that your children will all know God. Thank you so much. Your children will know God. Next, we want to pray for many, many more, far more than us, who don't know Christ yet. Who therefore, uh, they are just sons and daughters. <laughs> they are just sons and daughters. But it's a desire of God that no one person, not one person should perish. We want to pray for those who don't know Christ yet. In our Jerusalem, here in Tema, our Judea, our Samaria, and indeed, all unbelievers in the world, all unbelievers in the world, we want to pray that God, by his mercy, by his abundant grace, somehow, one way or the other, will bring them into the sheepfold, bring them into his vineyard, to his kingdom, that they too might stand with us on that day. Let's pray for unsafe souls. 
Before we pray for ourselves, let's hear this song. Who I am here, Kessi Nunti. faith, knowing that now you are one in the land of the genealogy, your faith must not be little, it must not be great, it must be full. Full. Therefore, you're going to pray for yourself by faith. Knowing that your faith is full, what do you ask now? God will give to you. What do you ask? I know, what, I know that every time I open my mouth to pray, God hears me. God hears me. And God hears you too. The Bible says, when God hears your prayer, it means that the prayer is answered. Hope you are pray for yourself. And you may also pray for a loved one. Thank you. Pray for yourself. Pray for a loved one. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Father God, I pray for your children, as many as are in your house, here in Tema, in Mishaka, Tessu, and Mibra, Lord, I make prayers for them, concerning their needs, Lord, I join my prayer with your prayer, we pray the prayer of our enemy, Lord, I hear their prayer, the Lord, I rise up, and hear them, and I Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you for participating in this teaching service. We believe you have been blessed by the word. You're welcome to visit us at Emma Community 5 of PV or being run about. God bless you, and we hope to see you next Tuesday.